0: What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I am joined by my co-host Matt Llewellyn. Matt, how you doing this Thursday evening?
1: Hanging in there. Um, I'm moving this weekend, so we got to bring this episode to you a little bit early. Um, and we're going to preview San Francisco, Philadelphia. A lot of questions out there. We're learning a lot of things um, in the middle of the week. Uh, we'll get to it. Dre Greenlaw. Some other things come up. So let's see what we got.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're going to get right into it. While you guys are here, hit the like button. Hit the retweet button if you're watching on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button and subscribe button. We're trying to get to a dozen subscribers so we can give away a 49ers jersey. We can't get there soon enough. Hit the subscribe button, guys. Help us get there. Help us with our goal. Um, yeah, Matt, let's get right into it. We're going to be previewing the, the Eagles game. The biggest news, obviously, that came out today um, started with some rumors on Twitter. I know we saw a guy, Mike Andrews, nothing but Niners. That was the first I personally saw me too talking about how drake greenlaw wasn't at practice and the rumor was that he was having surgery on his groin to repair the injury that he suffered against the lions mm-hmm. and turns out that is true i saw matt barrows later report he's likely to be out four to six weeks medically six speaking, oh is six it six to eight. eight now six to eight Oof, okay
1: yeah so it's not a groin he's actually having core muscle surgery so 49er fans will be familiar with this because this is what nick bosa had um and nick bosa could have been back for ohio state but he decided to kind of you know play it safe for the draft and and kind of sat out he could have been back by november i think that's a realistic return time for dre greenlaw but it just makes you wonder how hard was that man running trying to get that pick six because good lord
0: yeah that's what i was thinking i mean i can't i'm pretty sure that's where he got injured there was no other visible plays on sunday um yeah so, I guess we'll just have to see. The only positive, I guess, from this is that Aziz Al Shahir looked pretty good Sunday. Um, yeah. But I know he's kind of had his spotty issues with injuries previously as well. So, um, exactly. I guess we yeah, were exactly- and and
1: we thought that he was going to be injured in that first game cuz he left for a little bit um with like a foot or something was going on and he left but then he came back in and I feel like that was like a theme with a couple of 49ers where they left and came back in and you're like oh god what happened to him yeah. and then he comes back in and you're like okay I guess he's okay.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
1: Yeah. And I would suspect especially for Greenlaw um I know Melissa's asking if is if it's actually 4 to 6 or 6 to 8 cuz she's seen both I've seen both too, but um, if it's like a lot of other core muscle injuries, they're probably going to go in and fix it bilaterally. So on both sides, just because if you have one core muscle injury, you're at higher risk for having another one. Uh, So they'll probably fix them both. Um, That's what Nick Bosa had done as well. So that pushes the time back a little bit. So I would, I would guess six to eight, Um, but yeah, it's an unfortunate break for the 49ers and on, you know, you stack that on top of Jason Verrett And then there was news coming out that, you know, Eric Armstead was limited early in the week. Um, and that, you know, that there were a couple other, you know, nick ups here and there. And, you know, you're you're talking about three levels of the defense that have injuries there. And, you know, not a great thing when you're talking about a a mobile quarterback and B, really good speed on the outside. So the 49ers will have their work cut out for them for sure.
0: Most definitely. Um, Spiney danger. We're going to get into that. We're just going to touch on the injuries real quick. Um, also, I, I, I'm not. I don't think I heard you talk about Javon Kinlaw there, but he was. Kinloch's also – Kinlaw's the
1: other one. Yeah. Yeah. So he I, you know was, what? I had a big. I had a big thing in a Twitter in a Twitter conversation today where. Yeah, I, I, I kind of it. It shouldn't ruffle my feathers because people just want to you know know what they know, but it ruffles my feathers when, as a medical professional, people will question. You know, I, he had a procedure to clean out his knee um it sounds like it had something to do with his meniscus and now he's dealing with what's you know being rumored as tendonitis those two things may or may not be related they usually aren't Um, they're two anatomically different things Um, usually you'd have friction issues if, if cartilage was worn down at his young age he shouldn't be having issues with that it sounds like it's just overuse because he's such a big dude that you're overusing those tendons so and at re- realistically, this goes to what a lot of the injuries around the NFL are probably attributed to. Um, and I know Colin Cowherd's talked about this, and I kind of believe in it too. The lightning of the workload through the CBA. Yeah, you're taking away concussion issues. Yeah, you're taking away some of the you know the harder injuries for like broken broken legs and stuff like that. But at the same time, these players aren't necessarily coming in. In football shape, they're coming in in good shape. They're always in the you know weight room and all that stuff, but I, football shape is different. You're asking them to stop and go, stop and go, stop and go, which is something that's not a normal thing to be doing. And I think that it's going to lead to a lot of these overuse injuries. You know, um, I I think that an injury like Jason Verrett's is not really something that I consider to be that. If you look at the mechanism of that injury, it looks like his foot caught in the turf twice. And it was a hyperextension. Those are like the freak injuries where like the Nick Bosa ACL last year was like the freak yeah. injury, right? Where he was like caught up, there was a guy on his leg, and then he got toppled over the top. But that's a freak trauma injury. There's nothing really you could do about that. But then you look at Solomon Thomas, the next play, where he goes down, no contact, and those are the things that you're like. Man, I just wonder if he was able to be in football shape and doing those explosive drills, even if it's something like I'm doing the blocking sled, right? It's structured, it's organized, but it's definite functional football moves if that would lead to a little bit less injuries. So we're seeing it around the league. Jeff Okuda with his torn ACL. The the Ravens have lost like an entire draft classwork of running backs. I just... I wonder if the CBA in an effort to make the game safer has actually made conditioning issues worse because players are coming in in really good physical shape, but they're not in football shape.
0: Yeah. We saw Joe Staley and Dante Whitner talk about this on the NBC sports Bay area uh, preview or recap. I think it was a recap. And they were saying how it's a noticeable difference in the amount of injuries that have increased after the CBA, the new CBA, And I think it was Staley that was saying you're putting the onus on the players to really make sure they're doing their work outside of the field or outside of the the training camp and the facility. Whereas before it was a lot more hands on. So I'm not sure what the remedy is here, but it's very, very difficult.
1: And it's 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 difficult to to really, you know, in the day and age where every player wants to be a mogul, where every player wants his brand and that's what they think about and this and that there are so many distractions outside of football that maybe, you know, you want to take that off of their plate where, Hey, OTAs are a little bit longer or training camp is a little bit longer. I mean, uh, now to be fair, that's why guys are playing longer. And I've heard it from the old head vets too, who, you know, have maybe recently retired or are still playing that like training camp for them is so easy now that it doesn't even matter. Like they're not upset about going to training camp and it's had people kind of, you know, hanging around a little bit longer, but, we're seeing a lot of guys get injured and it's really worrisome Um, after 2020, especially, you know, and we saw this last year. And I think through the first four weeks, we're going to see a lot of injuries. But then after that, I think you're going to see like, like last year, they're going to taper off because guys are going to get into football shape. They're going to build up those contact calluses. They're going to build up that explosive football move type stuff. And you're going to see less injuries as, as the season goes forward but it, it you know it just kind of hurts we got three guys that are really important to the defense that are either gone for the season or gone for a significant amount of time now Kinlaw practiced today um, in individual drills which is really cool and like a good sign but you know Greenlaw's going to be out for almost you know up to two months Verrett's gone for the season we don't know what we're going to get out of Josh Norman they're still maybe have Sherman's phone number on speed dial i mean this is not what you want going into week two especially against a philadelphia team that just absolutely beat the brakes off the falcons and we'll get to that later because i think it's a little bit of a smokescreen in terms of how good philly is but you know you have some of those doubts creep in because of the situation that we have with the injuries and with the matchups
0: yeah totally agree um last part on the injuries uh, Ken Law obviously didn't play last week. Questionable going in. He was spot on the practice field for the first time this afternoon. Uh, per Jennifer Lee Chan, he was going through position drills at hours practice, wearing the same lightweight, lightweight sleeve he has worn all season. Um, and then he also practiced a little more uh, with his positional group later on. And he is, uh, I think he's questionable. I'm not sure if they view an official status, but Shanahan said uh, he's been taking it easy the last 10 days or so. It'll start to get better and we'll see how it goes day to day. So let's hope it goes yeah. well. The 49ers definitely need him. Um, also, yeah. Eric Armstead and Emmanuel Mosley were on the practice field as well, and we're kind of taking it light along with Javon Kim So yeah. those and are we'll three see. big keys.
1: By the way, Jay Lee's comment, I, I agree with. Just the logistics of it become a little hard when you talk about the cold weather teams, and, you know, I, I, I know that they do it in Chicago. They do not. Some of these natural grass fields in, like, December are really bad so yeah you'd like to see all natural grass turf injuries are are really really bad i just don't know how realistic that's going to be um especially for and now you're talking about like what do you do in minnesota you really can't have a natural grass field indoors it just doesn't work that way not everybody has the cookie tray that you can roll outside like arizona does um but i mean i just you know i i just feel like Natural grass is probably the way to go. Now, the the field turf isn't terrible if you do it the right way. Um, Obviously, the Meadowlands doesn't do it the right way, and we've seen that too where the the rainstorm earlier this season where you had the bubbling up on the surface. It's just some crazy stuff going down. But hopefully some of those guys that are injured can come out and play. Um, Kinlaw, probably limited. Mosley, I think, man, if it was me just because Verrett's such a big loss, I might hold Mosley out one more week. And get him ready to go for Green Bay.
0: Which is tough because these, these, the Eagles have some really good receivers. I know they're not talented. I just, but I
1: just don't think that Mosley is a burner though. I don't think, I mean, Norman and Lenore are not burners either. But you just, you're going to have to, you know, give them help over the top and you're going to have to rush forward. You're not going to be able to blitz. You have to. What I ideally what you'd like to do is for Bosa and Ford to essentially set the edge, play the linebackers in zone, give the give the cornerback help over the top and just, you know, try to force Jalen Hurts either to run it up the middle where he can run into Warner and Shire, Al Shire, or you make him try to dissect the zone. Um neither of which I think is going to be a strength for him. But if you let him get to the edge, that's where he can create real problems for the 49ers. And we're going to definitely get get into it um, in terms of of who's playing and what the matchup looks like.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we can go ahead and get right into it. Uh, 49ers offensively last week, they were rolling. It seems like they were firing on all cylinders until about the second half of the fourth quarter, Matt. Do you expect some more of the same going up against the Eagles? Um, I know they faced the Falcons last week and they looked really good. However, the Falcons could very well be the worst team in the NFL. So how do you expect this match? Yeah. to go?
1: Um, well, real quick, I'm going to address Melissa's question. Um, she asked, why have turf in a dome Lions should put in grass? I mean, it's the same reason that people need to get outdoors. Uh, you need sunlight to survive. And that's the same thing with grass. You can't just grow it inside. It just doesn't work that way. On to the Eagles. Um, I think that the Eagles week one – was more a byproduct of how bad the Falcons are. Um, the Falcons are in a state of transition. They, you know, they have a new coaching staff. They have a lot of turnover on that roster. You have an aging Matt Ryan trying to figure out what he's going to be doing with his with his career. Terrible defense, which was I think the worst, might have been the worst scoring defense in the NFL last year. I know we were talking midway through the season that they were on a historically bad pace. So it doesn't surprise me that, that Philadelphia looked amazing against that team. Um, they got no pass rush. They got, and, you know, and and people said, oh, well, they blitzed a lot, man. And and, and Jalen Hurts was able to beat their blitz. And it's like, well, they didn't get home on anything. Yeah. You know, we're talking about, you know, PFF is saying, I, I believe PFF was saying that Nick Boat or the 49ers team had 30 pressures against the Lions, 30 quarterback pressures. Wow. If that's the case, Jalen Hurts is not going to be able to do what he did. I watched Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. I watched Jalen Hurts before that at Alabama. Jalen Hurts is not that guy. I don't think that he's all of a sudden become this amazing quarterback that, you know, is gonna just light the world on fire. I think that he happened to have a lot of preparation time, the two weeks between week three of the preseason and opening game. And I will give the Falcons or the Eagles coaching staff rather uh you know praise for getting the guys ready but it, it was a lot of prep time versus a really bad team and I think when you have those two things collide blowouts like this are going to happen
0: yeah that's that's a good point um and yeah you have the whole you know off season basically to prepare for that week one and I think the, we saw exactly that preparation show up um Jalen Hurts he's mobile and athletic and I do think that's where the biggest I don't even want to say problem, but the biggest kind of issue for the 49ers' defense will come to play. I'm not concerned with him as a pocket passer, and the 49ers are going to need him – need to force him to beat them from the pocket if -hmm. they want to win this game. They can't leave these bootleg play action, you know, uh, RPOs available for Jalen Hurts. They need to make him sit in the the pocket and throw the ball. And if they beat – if he beats the 49ers through there, throwing, you know, 30, 40 times – 300 yards so be and touchdowns exactly so be it I'll, I'll take that any day um yep for the 49ers offense though we saw all week we were hearing is brandon Ayuk in the doghouse he got a, you know a few targets kyle shannon came out afterwards saying oh it's because of his hamstring and trent shurfield's just been playing so well which i thought was interesting because you're kind of saying like two reasons in one um mm-hmm. but offensive coordinator mike mcdaniel came out um today and talked about how Uh, Here's the quote. Brandon Ayuk has done an outstanding job this week answering the bell. What's been cool is watching a young guy who's always been so talented at every level, who has always been a default starter regardless because he's better than everyone, handle a small obstacle in his career. and House Mm -hmm. of the 49ers, it's not like he's in the doghouse or anything, but responding to this week, uh, he's been running his routes hard, crisp, and gotten better. His Mm -hmm. practice is very encouraging. Do we see Brandon Ayuk – like we're used to seeing him this week.
1: Oh yeah. And I think that they're saying the opposite of what they mean. And I think Mike McDaniels kind of leaks, leaks that out when he says, it's not like he's in the doghouse or anything. And that was kind of an unsolicited thing, right? Like where he's just saying like, he's not in trouble, which tells you he was in trouble. And I think that, Him and I'm still convinced and I know it'll never see the light of day. I know that we're not going to really hear about it. I think that there was some type of team rule, maybe a COVID violation or some type of issue with Brandon Ayuk and Trey Sermon. I just don't. You cannot tell me that Trey Sermon is not good enough to dress on Sundays. He just doesn't have the cachet because he's a rookie. Brandon Ayuk was out there, but in limited snaps, he wasn't targeted, which means they weren't drawing up plays for him. Um, and, and here's the other thing, if it really was his hamstring, like Kyle Shanahan said, then why'd they put him back there on a punt return?
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: that doesn't vibe with me. He probably broke a team rule. This is him like, Hey, you need to worry about being a professional. You need to learn, worry about following the team rules and the guidelines that we established for. And now that they're going to get him back in the game plan, the best way to do that is, Hey, you served your penance. We punished you last week. You've done the right thing this week while we've been in West Virginia. We're gonna pump you up for the game. Hey, man, you've looked really good running routes. Hey, man, you've done everything that you needed to do. So that way you take away some of the sting of that. Hey, man, I got punished, man. I'm in the doghouse and they're mad at me. And, you know, what do I do? And you know, it's it's kind of like a keep your chin up, kid, sort of sort of situation. So for me, they're kind of saying what they what they can't say in their vague. Kind of, you know, media comments. I think that he was in trouble, and now that he's out there, he they're they're going to make a difference. Because in no world, by the way, in no world do you look at at the players on the field and go, "Oh yeah, Trent Sherfield. Oh, he's just as good or better than Ayuk to take his spot." That's that's, yeah, that's horse crap.
0: <laughs> I thought it was very interesting that Kyle said that. Um, yeah, and it's like you know, sure, Trent Sherfield has produced throughout the preseason. <laughs> however. Talent alone, mm-hmm. there's a reason why Brandon Ayuk went, you know, first round and yep. I, think 20, yeah. I think
1: it was
0: 20, so, 25th. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think something happened. Maybe they were out past curfew. Maybe it was a COVID. I don't know. They probably won't ever say.
1: But I, I think they were probably out past curfew or like, you know, maybe they were, you know, dicking around on the team plane or something like that. Right. They, they just did something, you know, Sermon's a rookie, but remember, I use only a second year guy. So they're both really young guys. They probably did something that just pissed Kyle off for whatever the circumstance was. And, or maybe even pissed off somebody like George Kittle.
0: Yeah.
1: And then George was like, Hey Kyle, this is a problem. And Kyle was like, all right, I got you.
0: Yeah. That's so. very, very well. Um, I thought it was interesting Brandon Ayuk had a minimum of two targets in all 12 games he appeared in last season and mm-hmm. last week he had no targets,
1: no targets. So, I think he only played 11 snaps too,
0: which is also interesting because if there they hamstring's an issue,
1: right? Why, why is he out there at there all? At all? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So we'll see. Um, I, I, I wanted to ask you though, and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, excuse me, transition to the preview. Do you think the 49ers strength has, transition from the defensive side of the ball to the offensive side of the ball or is it way too soon to say that
1: um i think it's too soon to say that and you know we we talk about depth on this team i mean that defensive line the, the strength of the defense was always the pass rush and it was always the leadership of fred warner and as far as i'm concerned both of those things are intact so until otherwise um i i think that you know, those two things are still going to hold true. I think D'Amico Ryan needs to tighten up his defensive game plan. Um, I think that was a little bit loose. Uh, you, know, you know, did a great job for the first three quarters, but then a little bit of adversity hit. And, you know, they, they let it get away from him a little bit with a couple of, of bad plays on the offensive side of the ball. The offense, I don't expect to stay that good. Um, The Lions have no pass rush to speak of whatsoever. And the same is not true with Philadelphia, who has a couple of monsters on their defensive line. Mm -hmm. We're talking, you know, Brandon Graham and people like that that are just going to get after Jimmy Garoppolo. And it could be a long day. Um, We know that Jimmy had one of the best games of his. I mean, one of the cleanest, honestly, the cleanest games of his career uh, against the Lions. And the Lions are a bottom five NFL roster. I've always maintained that Philly was better than everybody thought. Um, I always identified this game as a potential worrying game, which is why I think them blowing out the Falcons and the 49ers collapsing a little bit in the fourth quarter was the best thing for this team because I think it focuses the 49ers and allows the Falcons to feel themselves a little bit, especially uh, going back home. And, you know, it, it, I think that this is going to play out situationally well for the 49ers, but the offense has to continue to execute. And I don't know that they can do it at the level that they did against the lions. I just don't think that the Eagles coaching staff is going to allow Jimmy Garoppolo the time to dissect the field and find, you know, Debo Samuel over the middle or Brandon, iuk you, you know, on some of those routes. I just, I just don't see it. The run game, I think is going to be key for the offense, but I still maintain that the key to this game is the 49ers have to contain Jalen hurts and not get beat over the top.
0: Yeah. And you, you said it, Matt, really the, Two biggest core strengths of the Eagles is in the trenches, their offensive and defensive line. Those are tremendous aspects of their, yeah. their football team. And I'm looking over the injury report here. Um, as of today, six players were limited. Uh, Rodney McLeod, Zach Ertz, Brandon Brooks, Avante Maddox, Marcus Epps, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and uh, nine players full, fully participated, Miles Sanders, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Darius Slay, Ryan Kerrigan, Landon Dickerson, and Davion Taylor. So for the most part, they're they're relatively healthy, especially if kind of the bigger-name players. So I agree with you. I think the 49ers are going to need to do a good job of keeping Jimmy Garoppolo upright and allowing the time to get these receivers open or down the field, whatever the case may be. I do like the fact that we talked about Brandon Uke will be back. Um, the tight end should be able to have a nice game. Um, I guess we'll see this fully with this team, excuse me, fully without Raheem Mostert yet again, going back to last season. We'll see if yeah Mitchell Sherman. Unfor- unfortunate
1: enough. too unfortunate with, with uh, Raheem Mostert. And also I just want to say, you know, I know I've been hard on Raheem Mostert because the whole holding the team up for money thing. Dude, if you go after him or his family or send them death threats or whatever, like you're a scumbag, plain and simple, you could keep it about football and not make it a personal and disgusting attack on somebody. So, like, no respect for anybody who who did anything like that. I hope Raheem gets better. That being said, I do think that he will not be back on this team next year. I just don't think that after all that... um, and another year where he's injured, I just don't think that the 49ers can bring him back at the price point he's going to want to come back with. Um, but I thought Elijah Mitchell filled in really well Um, Hasty is still somebody that I think has a lot of potential. And, and maybe, you know, you can get you can get Trey Sermon out there this week. It, it remains to be seen, but. They're going to have to do something because, I mean, Javon Hargrave and Brandon Brooks, like you were talking about, and Fletcher Cox and you know Brandon Graham, there's just so much talent on that Eagles defensive line that they're going to have to switch it up. And so in that vein, I think the 49ers actually roll out a few more Trey Lance packages. I think that Trey Lance is going to be a little more dynamic. And as long as they can get him out there and show that he's going to be well-rounded and he's going to be able to pass the ball as well as potentially run it, um, then I think that's going to be the most important. I think when you bring Trey Lance into the game, the defense is so keyed on stopping Trey Lance that it's going to open a lot of things up down the field. So if you can make the make the defense think that you're going to run it with Trey Lance and then open it up to a pass, that's going to be you know, something that the 49ers definitely are going to want to do. Um, if anything, other than to take the load a little bit off of Jimmy Garoppolo, because if he's back there stationary, You know, I don't think that, you know, the 49ers seem to get a lot more holding calls than the rest of the league. I know somebody had commented earlier that the 49ers, even though with 30 pressures, they only had three sacks. I mean, we've all seen the pictures of Nick Bosa having both arms pulled backwards while he was going through the line. We're not getting those calls. So, whatever you can do. Yeah. And Tommy Huxley, by the way, shout out for the $2 super chat. Thank you. Yeah. The Beagles.
0: It's a very disturbing picture in my head, but yes, let's go do it.
1: Also, I like beagles, man. They're they're good dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll say Jale said it too. They're troublemakers because they're extremely intelligent and they kind of bay wow. they have a, like blood bloodhound. Yeah, that bloodhound breed. They bay and they get into things, but they're really cute and they're very intelligent dogs.
0: Yep, yep, I agree. Um Going through some more of these comments here, Coach Timo. Thanks for tuning in. He says, "How's it going? Absolutely. More injuries, more adjustments, more challenges, but some good pickups yeah. the past couple of weeks too regarding personnel."
1: Yeah. yeah, I I kind of like the Josh Norman signing. I don't think I mean if you put them out there, if you put them out there on an island against you know Jalen Rager, I think he's going to get burnt toast. But at the same time, if you can the 49ers are going to have to come at this in a very zone heavy, almost Robert Sala cover three style, right? Where you're rotating. And I actually like to see maybe, maybe like cover four or cover two where they're really, you know, playing for depth and it, it, you know, the Falcons gave up a lot of points, but the one thing that I took away from that game is if you look at the depth of target for Jalen hurts, it was not deep. Everything seemed to be screen passes and underneath stuff, So if you can contain the outside screen and at the same time, don't get beat over the top, the 49ers defense is significantly better than the Falcons defense. And even with the injuries, I don't think they get the same type of mileage out of those plays that they do against the Falcons. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, And, and we talked about already, you know, uh, the Falcons, horrible defense, horrible team overall. You touched on it, Matt. Maybe it leaves the Eagles feeling a little bit higher than they should realistically. So, going into this game, they might have a bit of an inflated ego. Um, can't believe people do that crap. They're scum for sure. I assume this is about most dirt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Also, by the way, thank you, Hung Fat again for another super chat.
0: Go Fantastic. Niners. Thank
1: you so much. Go Niners. We're definitely rooting for them. Um, I wish I would be. I, I, I We're going to make the announcement now, I guess. Um, I will not be here for the, for the recap show. Um, again, I'm moving this weekend. So, I got a lot going on. I don't think I'll have my whole setup ready yet, but I'll definitely be back for uh, the home opener against green Bay, which is going to be a rocking good time.
0: Yeah. We'll miss you this weekend, but um, we'll be here. We'll have good guys taking over. It'll be a good show. Make sure you guys come here uh, right after wrap up, right after the game wraps up, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, So on the flip side, we've talked about Fortnite's offense a little bit, Fortnite's defense. Obviously they're going to be without some pretty key pieces It remains to be seen whether Kinlaw, Armstead, uh, Mosley will play. However, how do you feel about their chances going in now? We talked about it to start. The Eagles have some pretty good receivers in Smith and and Rager and even uh, Dallas Goddard. How are you feeling about their chances stopping the Eagles?
1: Yeah, um, I'm more worried about the tight ends because I I feel like you can scheme to take away the deep ball. And, you know, I I heard Crocker say this on a podcast and I, I completely agree with him. Uh, you know, speed kills, but you can't just have speed. It's why John Ross didn't work out. It's why some others didn't work out. You have to be able to run routes too. Um, you can't just have straight line speed. If you, if everything you're doing, it's why Hollywood Brown hasn't been as effective as, as everybody thinks that they, they should be as he should be. Right. It's just all he does is run fly routes. You know, the reason why Tyree kill is so good is because Tyree kill can run the entire route tree. Um, on top of the game breaking speed speed alone won't do it so they they definitely if they can scheme away some of the speed we have yet to see if rager because rager missed a lot of last year what what does rager have in terms of route running now Devontae smith is going to be a problem because i saw him out alabama and he definitely has route running skills so they're going to have to contain if if you nickel and dime them over the top the other thing you have to remember too is the 49ers are not going to sit there and only put up six points so you know you, you can let them nickel and dime you out in front of you but if you don't get beat over the top and your offense can sustain drives you're actually taking the ball away from away from them and you're forcing them into situations that they're not going to be comfortable with so it's it's possible they just they just definitely D'Amico Ryan's has his plate full and a lot of this weekend is going to be on him and how he prepares his guys to defend that outside speed while at the same time not allowing Goddard and Ertz to eat you up over the middle
0: yeah, well said. Um, we have a question from Melissa. Who's going to take on Miles Sanders because he can cut you and uh, run defense before injuries were atrocious?
1: Um, I'm not as worried about Miles Sanders as I was about DeAndre Swift and the line. I, I think they run two different types of runs. Uh, Miles Sanders is more of a get-to-the-edge sort of guy, and that's where the strength of our defensive line is. Uh, if you know Miles Sanders is not a particularly big guy, so running him up the middle is not going to be the most – effective way to use him but that said the defensive you know the defensive line the linebackers they definitely have to key in and be able to stop the run you have to recognize the plays and that's kind of where you know some of that experience and some of that that coaching from D'Amico Ryan is going to be critical Mm -hmm. coach Timo with a savage super chat by the way $20 super chat
0: Thank you, coach. So, that kid Cannon, great special teams player, can return and cover. Good back for our run scheme, too. I like potential there. He's got speed, too. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. The 49ers claimed uh, running back Trenton Cannon off waivers um, from the Baltimore Ravens, which, by the way, I just want to toss in the Ravens lost their entire running back room. Mm -hmm. So, I just thought it was funny that, you know, when I was able to claim this guy from them,
1: who who they signed, they signed Le'Veon Bell. They signed, uh, Latavius Murray good and they Murray. signed they signed one more guy that's on their practice squad who was also like really good back in the mm. day not <laughs> not so much anymore.
0: Yeah, so I can't remember who it is. 5'11, 185, originally drafted by the Jets in the 6th round of the 2018 draft. Uh 4-year career, he was with the Jets, the Panthers, and most recently the Ravens, appeared in 35 games, uh career 50 carries for 150 yards, one touchdown per the 49ers website. He's an interesting addition. I really do think that the 49ers could utilize him perhaps on special teams, whatever the case may be. I have heard he's got some good speed. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Moving out of Cali. <laughs>
1: no, I'm moving like 15 minutes away. Yeah. My job pays way too much to move out of California.
0: That's funny. Melissa, um, this is Matt's yeah. thoughts on Lenore. And do we see Ambry or is there going to be Johnson with maybe Norman if he's blown it?
1: I hope we don't see Dante Johnson because he got chewed up. Um, I I think at this point, Ambry has more potential than Dante Johnson does, but Ambry's a little rough too. Um, I actually see a guy that's not a 49ers fan, Jovan Nunez.
0: Yeah, we can talk about this real quick. Uh, Historically, not good. Excuse me, about RPOs. Correct.
1: Yeah. Mobile quarterbacks give us fits. Uh, Who are you a fan of, Jovan? We'll we'll get back to that once you answer, but I'm Mm -hmm. interested to see where you're coming from. Welcome to the show, by the way.
0: Thanks for tuning in
1: yeah i think norman starts though um especially if they're gonna hold out mosley i think that you know you give him a week to kind of get up to speed and like hey this is what we're running norman's a norman's a what nine ten year vet he doesn't need a ton of time to bring him up to speed he's probably played in every defense under the sun so it's just gonna be a matter of him getting out there then making sure that he's ready to go i expect him to be out there norman should start because even at this Stage of his career, he's going to be better than both Ambry Domus and Dante Johnson. So I think him starting uh, opposite of Lenore, who has been what a I mean, what a find. Lenore looking yeah, good. So he's been
0: good. Um, real quick, yeah. it was uh, Devontae Freeman that was the back you were you were talking about. That's right, Devontae
1: Freeman. That's right.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. uh, do we worry Jalen Hurts himself will give us Kyler problems? He's not as quick.
1: I don't think. No, no. Kyler Murray is. I don't, there's something about him, man. That's just his little legs run so fast that you're just like, what is happening right now? No, I think Kyler Murray is maybe the most dynamic quarterback in the league. Um, I think that he's a better thrower of the football than Lamar. He doesn't have the straight line speed that Lamar does, but I think he has short area quickness that Lamar doesn't have. Um, And, you know he's not as good a thrower as Russell Wilson is, but he's also faster and quicker than Russell Wilson. I just think that on a complete physical level, I mean, he, who would have thought that the like the the five foot three guy? I, I know he's like five nine or whatever. The combine said he was five ten. I don't believe it. He's like five eight five nine. But the fact that he's that has that ability, uh, just you know, that's going to be an interesting few games. Um, I know Tennessee has a trash defense. They were twenty eighth in the league this year in total last year in total defense. Who knows if they keep that going forward? I still think they're the worst team in the division, but he's going to be trouble. I don't think that Jalen Hurts presents that. He's not as good a throw over the football as – as Ky- he's like a slightly larger poor man's Kyler Murray, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Kyler Murray's really turning into something special, which is tough because 49ers yeah. have to defend that twice a year. Um, no, Hurts not as quick as Kyler. He's bigger running, more like Vic or Mariota. Mariotta
1: in style. Her not had the speed of Michael Vick.
0: Yeah. yeah. I was going to say Vick was really fast, um, but yeah, I, like I could agree. Atlanta
1: Falcons. Michael Vick is like one of the fastest dudes I've ever seen on a football field. It yeah. was ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Um, I just wanted to bring this up real quick. Cause I thought it was hilarious. Former NFL star Bart Scott, current ESPN radio host. Oh yeah. On ESPN's network show get up and he challenged Damian Woody as far as the Eagles 49ers game. And he said that he will bet his eyebrow on the fact that the 49ers will win. Um, Here's the quote. Everybody's in love with Jalen Hurts this week. Everybody went out and bought jerseys. Jersey sales went up 500%. But I tell you, I bet the Philadelphia Eagles fans, I bet you the Philadelphia Eagles fans didn't do, they didn't pop that tag off. They tucked it in because this week they're going to be returning all those jerseys because they've got the San Francisco 49ers that look elite. So listen, don't worry about it. Listen, I bet you the 49ers lose. If the 49ers excuse me, lose to the Eagles, I'll shave my eyebrow off. What say you? What say you? Put your money where your mouth is, D Wood. Put your eyebrows up, right or left one. I don't care. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't lose an eyebrow.
1: You know, you know that you know you know what my response is to that? Can't wait. <laughs> no that's hey you know play. what I, I love the confidence and i you know i i love the the fact that he's willing to put it out there and bart scott's always been a dude that's not afraid to speak his mind um i kind of feel the same i mean i'm not betting an eyebrow on it but the 49ers should be able to win this game if they execute the way that they should execute yeah. um the way that the eagles win this is if the 49ers come out flat and don't do their job it's as simple as that
0: yep i agree i agree um now run style run style excuse me not speed i'm oh, aware. okay Nick speed saw it kills plenty back in those days yeah i saw this account yeah. um gosh i want to say it was like vintage nfl or something like that on twitter and it showed they they tweet these clips from old games like 2008 previous watching those clips are so fun just like unlocking memories you didn't even know you had in your brain yeah get, watching like ken dorsey get sacked by i don't know teddy brusch oh my like god
1: that. ken dorsey
0: <laughs> yeah i don't think there are 40 that's the
1: dark ages bro.
0: all of the clips from the niners are like the worst clips the worst
1: ever. hey those yeah. uniforms were fire though and i don't care what anybody says i know they were dark Thank days but golly those uniforms were nice yeah by the way i would actually say um Hertz kind of reminds me of tyrod taylor tyrod really taylor sorry pop. Yeah, that's a really good. That's job. who he reminds me of. It's like I he's like not going to kill you and not going to make a ton of mistakes, but he's also not going to be this like super dynamic game breaking person. And if you pressure him, he will be able to take off on you. Yeah, so, Tarad Taylor without the without the needle in his lung.
0: Tough. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Tough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dorsey. Those those tough times. Um, Tommy, is Armstead playing Um, obstructor he
1: practiced today i believe yeah he's out there today probably just something that you know is going to be annoying
0: let's hope he can but um coaches taylor's a great comparison right matt that's a really good one yeah i like that comp um so do you expect to see i know we talked about running backs a bit but everybody's Mm -hmm. picking up i know in our league i put a claim in on elijah Elijah Mitchell. mitchell Yes.
1: So in in my league, like my main league that we pay, I it's a hundred dollar entry fee and winner take all. We get a championship belt. It's like the whole nine. We do the in person draft. It's like, like that old FX show, the league. Like we all, you know, uh, we have a thousand dollars for the entire season to put waiver claims in, waiver bids in on people, and I toss like eleven bucks at them. Somebody paid like three hundred dollars to get Elijah Mitchell, and like. I hope, I hope that he's worth that. I just like pump the brakes a little bit, guys. It's, it's one week against one of the, again, one of the worst teams in the NFL. If Elijah Mitchell can stack good games, which is all we want to see out of every 49er, stack good weeks together. Um, I think that he has the potential to be a really important part of this rotation. I still think that watching them play, I think that Sermon has a little bit more in the tank. That's just me from what I saw in the preseason. Um, but I think that he's going to be, uh, again, like we had with Mostert and Brita in 2019. I think that Sermon and Mitchell could be the the jam going forward. You know,
0: mm-hmm. the three-headed um, monster. I want
1: to see Sermon get a lot of a lot of touches. And I'd rather see Mitchell, Sermon and Hasty than have Sermon just, you know, what if he's in the doghouse or whatever the case may be. I don't want Jeff Wilson Jr. to have to come back and play a considerable role in this team. I know he's a team favorite, but when you really break it down, Jeff Wilson Jr. is not that great. (laughs) He's used mostly in short yardage and very situational uh, purposes. And there's a reason why Jeff Wilson Jr. is in the depth chart that he's at. So if I can get those three to be, you know, I want Jeff Wilson Jr. to come back and be like, oh, I guess I'm a special teams guy. You know, that that's what I want,
0: that's because that means
1: it means that the 49ers did their job of drafting and of of, you know, signing guys that they thought were going to be better. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Tommy Huxley says Mitchell. Have a good day. Not sure about 100 yards. Uh, Melissa added Elijah is special. He showed that before the injury that kept him out before the Raider game. Don't play fantasy in anything. I'm a real, real deal Marine. Lol. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I was an army medic so thank you for your service appreciate it
0: yes sir Hung love, fat. Love, my,
1: love my brothers in uniforms
0: yep Hung fats. 14 uh 14 carries 14 125 two tds for dang
1: Rachel. he's saying like eight 8.8 yards a carry or whatever that that breaks down to i'm doing yeah. crappy math off the top of my head so don't kill me on that
0: what did he uh real quick i'm gonna look up what he averaged um, I thought, though, I think he's got a pretty good chance, but I just think that with the addition of Trey Sermon getting his first, I just don't think that he's going to have as good of a game. He was
1: 19 for 104 and a touchdown, so 5.5 yards of carry against okay. the Lions. Pretty close. Yeah. Hasty only got one carry for three yards, but at least it was a touchdown.
0: Took that right away for Mitchell. could have had two.
1: Yeah, but yeah. It's you know what, it's sad to me honestly that Mostert, as much as I hammered him, like only made it two carries through the season. It's it's it sucks, dude.
0: It's like if we were watching a a comedy movie, it's something you would expect in the script, just knowing the 49ers history, but in real life, it sucks. It really does suck, and I, 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 it, it, it drives me insane that one people went out of their way to throw hate at him and his wife and two it's not like he these injuries are you know they don't want to be injured it's something completely out of their control and that's just the way it is um and obviously we didn't get a chance to talk about it during the week but he elected to have the surgery per his doctor's uh, advice and that will keep him out the full season instead of the i believe eight weeks i was previously quoted so um i think you talked about it earlier is this the last we've seen in, in, in Moster and running and gold?
1: I think so. I, unless he comes back on a severe discount. Um, I just don't, I just don't know how he would come back given all that that's happened. So it's yeah. just, it's unfortunate
0: real quick. We got, I love, uh,
1: uh, by the way, I love the chat throwing up all of your, yeah. your MOS, all of your MOS's dude. They've changed so much though. Like, when I was in, a medic was 91 whiskey, and I think it's like something completely different now. So they they change them up, which is kind of annoying. But thank you, everybody who served. I'm um, J Ellie, Joshua, Kofefi, Coffee, like all you guys. Thank you, thank you so much. We, dude, I'm I'm I mean I buy the salute to service hats every year. I love my military brothers and sisters. Like I love you all. So thank you all for being here. Appreciate yes. it. Yes.
0: Thank you everybody for your service. Thank you. all. Um, my brother was in the Navy. So thank you all. I got tons of uncles. Appreciate you guys so much for what you do. Thank you everybody. We love all of our veterans here. Yep. Um, all right. We're going to be wrapping things up here and getting into our def- or excuse me, defensive and offensive MVP predictions, final score predictions, Matt, Who do you think repeats on offense? Or I shouldn't say repeats. Who do you think shines on offense the brightest?
1: You know, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb because I think that, you know, tough times make tough people. I'm going to say Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk catches a touchdown pass this week. I think he has five catches for 75 yards and a touchdown.
0: That's pretty similar to what I had. I keep hitting my mic. Pretty similar to what we had, <laughs> I had last week, um, but I, I, I I'm going to go with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think Jimmy takes advantage of a you know downtrodden Eagles defense, at least secondary because their defensive line is for real, and I think he has another 300 plus yard game with two touchdowns and both obviously throwing. I think he's going to take the team into the red zone, and Trey Lance kind of gets that steals one okay. from him so i'm gonna say jimmy right. 300 plus two touchdowns there you go drop your guys's uh offensive MVPs predict do we have any
1: scores that won last week or no i, I mean, went through 41 33 is a real tough score to kind yeah. of predict
0: i went through all the ones that i could find i didn't see any yeah. um guys if you ever get them right and we miss it please tweet them at us by the,
1: yeah by the way so in that vein if you guys can screenshot what you guys put that way at least we know for sure like please do that because if we don't want to deny anybody who actually got something right and between it's like youtube and periscope and twitter and and twitch like between all these platforms it's hard to see all of the comments and save them all so
0: yeah especially with the live chat like
1: yeah yeah yeah. you can't
0: really access it after um Mm -hmm. so just you know cya cover your ass guys yeah um go feffy coffee jimmy g2 tds lance three tds geez there you go all right That's uh, what? 35 points right
1: there. Coffee coffee has us winning like a thousand to nothing. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) I'm not mad about it.
0: All right. Uh, Defensive MVP, Matt. Who do you got?
1: I'm going to speak it into existence until it happens. Nick Bosa, three sacks and a forced fumble. Just like I said last week, it's going to happen. He only had one last week, but if Chandler Jones can have five, I know somebody like Nick Bosa can have three and a forced fumble.
0: Okay. All right. Um, Gosh, man. This is really tough. Defensive MVP. I, I mean, the the given is Fred Warner, but I mm. went with. I, I think I went with D. Ford last week, and I was somewhat yeah. close. He had a sack. He had a sack. He had a sack. Yeah. He looked good. He had some pressures too. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb, man. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say Josh Norman. I'm gonna say Josh Norman comes in off the oh. streets, has a fantastic game. An interception, Okay. the 49ers are sitting there going into week three thinking, we got our corner. We're good. I like to stay positive, as you can tell. (laughs) Shout-out secondary defensive
1: MVP for me will be D'Amico Ryans. I think that he will bounce back from an uneven week one and put together a good game plan for the team, by the way.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, final score predictions, Zach. What do you got?
0: Final score predictions. Okay. Um, Hold on. Let me pull up what the over-under is. Do you happen to have it?
1: I don't know what the over-under is. I know the 49ers are favored by three and a half.
0: Wait, one second. Uh, come on. 50.5. 50.5. Okay. So I'm going to go 49ers, 27, Eagles, 17.
1: You're betting the under? I'll take the under. Oh, my God. Never bet the under, bro. Barstool says it best. Always bet the over. I'm betting the over, I think. But I'm going to take 49ers and bet against Vegas. Uh, I think 49ers win 31-27.
0: Okay. So, all right. Um, interesting question. Is Chandler Jones better than Nick Bosa?
1: Uh, I can't answer that right now without seeing more of Nick Bosa. Chandler Jones yeah. is like an established vet.
0: I, I was going to say that exact word. He's more. He also had one
1: sure. season where he was absolutely phenomenal defensive rookie of the year. Absolutely. Well-deserved yeah. if he's anything like his brother, Joey, cause I think Joey bus is better than Chandler Jones is. So yeah. if he's anything like Joey, then he, he will be, I just need to see more.
0: He's certainly more talented. He's certainly more talented.
1: Raw talent. I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think that, I mean, Nick Bosa, when you watch him, technically his technique is flawless. He has amazing technique, especially with his hands. His hands are amazing. Yeah,
0: he, he's, yeah he's a yeah. technician once he gets uh, into that kind of hand fighting. See, Timo's um, on
1: me. Timo's on me I right know. there.
0: MVP is defense because I think Bosa gets three yep. sacks plus. Three sacks. In this one. Three
1: sacks plus in this one. Okay, All maybe right. four. J. Ellie Tart force fumble. I like it.
0: Honestly, to see Trey go for a huge run and both passing and running touchdowns. Uh, is this sermon or Lance? I assume she means Lance.
1: Lance. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to be honest guys. And we can talk about this a little bit. If you guys, if you'd like, uh, I'm curious as to your thoughts too, Zach. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like Lance and read option situations.
0: It hasn't been pretty.
1: I want him. Well, be, the defense is keying on him, but I just don't think that that's going to be a strength for him anyway. We want Lance to be able to pass the ball. Um, So in that vein, you can do RPO, which is different from read option. But the pure read option, they ran him out there for two plays on. I just don't know that that's going to be super effective. I, I like that they're trying to press him into stuff that he's not good at. I know that me personally, I've seen that he's not great under shotgun. But his real strength is going to be bootlegs and off of play action and and under center type stuff. And so once they get him in there fully and they open up the playbook, that's where he's going to be most effective to me. I just hope they don't run him out there for that, you know, those two or three stupid plays where it's like two of them are are read options where he doesn't even hand the ball off. He's keeping it. And I think that Lance is keeping it because like, you know, he's trying to make plays. He wants to make a good impression. And it goes to why I think that Lance struggled a little bit in the preseason is one rust and two. He's trying to prove himself under the immense pressure that comes with costing three first round picks. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, set him up to succeed. I think the biggest way that Lance succeeds when he comes in is if you have that real threat of him throwing the ball. I said it last week. The best thing that happened was Lance throwing it to Shurfield out in the flat for a wide-open touchdown because it has to make the defense think like, oh, he's not coming in here just to run the ball. There's a threat. of When you see Taysom Hill, you're like, Taysom Hill is not passing this ball. I don't even care. It's the same thing when the Chicago Bears used to run Devin Hester um, out of the Wildcat. Like Devin Hester's never throwing the ball. Like you, uh, okay, guys. Okay, Devin Hester's in. It's a run. We're playing run defense. Yep. That that's pretty much what it is. So I'd love to see him get out there and actually throw the ball and sling it around because that's what really. And even in Lance's, uh, you know, his instinct is to throw first and run second. You know, he's more of that that Aaron Rodgers type runner where it's like, yep. yeah, he can kill you if you leave if if you let him you know break contain, but. At the same time, he's keeping eyes downfield trying to throw the ball. So,
0: Yeah, no, I, I really disliked how he was he used in week one. And obviously, you're not going yeah. out there showing all your cards. Hung, but
1: Hung Fat pointed it out, and you said it in your article, right? Like, he's not being used
0: correctly. I, yeah, I did. It was my five takeaways from the win. And my last one was Trey Lance is being used incorrectly. Um, I don't know, whatever it is. Like you said, Matt, it could be that he's just trying to make the plays. Maybe he's overthinking yeah. once he gets out of the huddle.
1: Yeah, I if I'm being pass. honest, if I'm being honest, what I think it really was, at least in week one, I think there actually was a question as to whether or not he would have been available in week one. Cause I know that finger was like kind of an issue early in the week. And I think they really thought, okay, he might not be able to go. And it was just kind of a thing of Kyle's like, okay, what can I call for him that he knows yeah. without actually like putting him in? They didn't game plan Lance into the offense, they kind of mm-hmm. just went, hmm okay, I can do this and okay, go out there, Trey. Yeah. So, and, and that's why honestly when the game was out of reach midway through the third quarter, even when it was like, I think it was 38 to 10. Uh, and I was like, put Lance in there. There's no reason not to because they hadn't game planned for him. I don't think that Kyle felt comfortable calling plays. Cause he's like, well, what does he actually know? Cause we, we didn't prepare for this cause we didn't know if he was going to be ready. So I think that at this point, It's not the preseason. You don't have to worry about showing any teams like stuff you don't want them to see that's really dumb because it's the regular season. You want to get him out there to his full ability. Now that they know he's available, the finger's healed. I think you're going to start to see more and more of him.
0: Yep. I hope so, man. I really hope that was the reason. Uh, What's up, John V? Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you guys. Um, I, I think that we'll start to see more and more. Um, but I want to see him be a pocket passer. I want yeah. to see that gigantic arm that he has in in action um, yeah. because I think that's where he really will shine the brightest.
1: By the way, that pass to Shurfield out in the flat had touch on it. It wasn't just a straight fastball.
0: It was nice. It was nice. It was nice. Yeah, I, I That's exactly
1: that. the way you want to throw that ball. He feathered it right to Shurfield so that Shurfield yep. could just catch it and walk in. Yep. Um, I thought that was good. And yeah, I definitely want to see him from the pocket. That's what's going to separate him from past quarterbacks like Colin Kaepernick or what we're seeing out of Lamar Jackson right now. Um, I think I think Lamar's limitations were—I mean, against the Raiders, I think they were kind of exposed again. That that lack of refinement as a passer, and I don't want that to be Lance. Yeah. Um, that don't get me wrong, Lamar Jackson is a supreme athlete i think that he's a very good a former mvp i think that he's a very very good player i don't think that he's a very very good quarterback
0: that's fair i mean that that's always been the knock on him and there it's a that's you know those narratives are there for a reason um yeah. so i agree with you um melissa asks, do we break away from prevent defense because the giants are playing it right now it drives me crazy
1: I haven't been watching the game. Are the Giants winning right now?
0: I haven't. Yeah, I haven't even seen anything.
1: Taylor Heineke couldn't get it done. All I know is that. 23-20 Giants up. Okay. All I know is that uh, at least through the first quarter, Saquon Barkley had four carries for 46 yards and looked pretty explosive. So (laughs) that was good to see.
0: All right. Um, We're going to get into our sponsors real quick. By the way, shout out to the 49ers. They sent me their crate. I bought the first season one. And uh, it was supposed to contain Jimmy Garoppolo bobblehead. They mistakenly sent me a Joe Staley. However, I'm not complaining. The light's kind of difficult. Um, so they made up for it. Oh, that was my light. And they sent me.
1: Zach's all over the place. Zach, are you drunk?
0: I'm not drunk, but my light fell. <laughs> There we go.
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: it's like these damn tripods; they can't just put a light on a normal stick. But they sent me the Jimmy Garoppolo, so I ended up with two: Jimmy and Joe.
1: Wait, 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 wait! Bring those forward! Bring those forward! They'll say 2019 on them.
0: 2019
1: and 2018.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, Jim Joe's not on the team anymore, so. Hey
1: man, why don't you send me that Joe Staley?
0: It's going to cost you a pretty penny, my friend. No, I'm just kidding.
1: What's a pretty penny? I don't know. Shipping? I'll I was going to say,
0: pay for the shipping label. <laughs> I'll your, pay shipping. It'll be uh, your new house. I'll pay shipping.
1: Here. My new place, I'm going to be able to like, do you kind of like what? So this is not even, I mean, it's kind of 49 related. I'm going to be able to do a little bit of what you did and put stuff behind me. Uh-huh. So I'm going to have like an infinity shelf behind me. And it, it'd be nice to have like a bobblehead or something there.
0: I still have uh, that Frank Gore autographed jersey waiting for you once you move in.
1: I know. I okay. Well, we'll get into it, but framing jerseys is so expensive, dude.
0: I actually found I have a the... really nice frame, and mm-hmm. I got it off Amazon for like sixty nine. I want to say seventy bucks. I have. Oh, put I, it up I know which
1: one. I think I know which one you're talking about. I'm about to buy those because I went to Michael's, and oh, even, dude, with, even with like eighty percent off, it was going to cost me like three hundred dollars.
0: Ooh. Was oh, are they was going to do it for you like mountain. everything. They were going to do
1: it for me. Everything was going to uh, be done okay. for me, but at the same time, like no way. Cause I still have the IUC autograph and the Warner autograph Jersey. So, and then I'm, yeah, I'm waiting on the Frank Gore. So there's going to be a lot of jerseys going up, but I have enough wall space. I just yep. want something else to kind of break it up too. <laughs> yeah
0: we'll get it too. anyway we'll get it too. back to 49ers yeah. let's
1: let's take your last few comments let's let's actually before we do that go ahead and actually get to our sponsors we didn't yes we didn't...
0: yes before my whole setup here crashed uh guys you can i don't know if you've heard you might have heard if you watched the show before you can now buy gold for as little as 50 dollars a month shout out to acre gold you can start buying gold for as little as $50 a month. Like I said, once you reach the market price of two and a half grams, Acre Gold will send you a two and a half gold bar, gold stamp, as Matt refers it to, as has become known here. Um, it's really cool because you don't have to spend two, $300 over the market prices at a time. You can you know, put away at it without even realizing, and you slowly but surely will build up a nice gold supply. Um, second, shout out to 81 Vino, Terrell Owens Wine Company. It's a fantastic wine 81vino.com. Code Hive will get you 10% off. Also free shipping on two or more bottles. And lastly, or actually we have one more tonight, so two more. Um, We have shop49ershive.com where we got our merch. Go and check out our merch. We got apparel, mugs, uh, tumblers, this Trey Lance print behind me. We got a bunch of stuff on our our Teespring store. Use code RGS 15 for 15% off your entire purchase. And lastly, I'm really excited. We've been working with these guys for a bit um, and we're really stoked about where things are headed. Check out playpickup.com because they are doing some really cool things with sports betting over there. Um, We have a prop linked in every single one of our articles. So if you go to 49ershype.com and click on the latest article, you'll see a prop. Um, You can bet in there, put in your phone number, and once it happens, you can, you know, get some points. I know California sports betting is not legal yet, but the cool thing here is that you'll still earn points. And once you get points, you can go to their marketplace and redeem them. This right here is 150 points for some MLB uh, shot glasses. Um, it's really cool. It's, it's, it, they got some really cool uh, gifts here. Fanatics gift card, 1,250 points. And I believe each prop that you bet on is worth 50 points. So go and check out playpickup.com. We're really excited to partner with these guys. And that's it. Pay the bills. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you everybody for tuning in. See you and later. Matt won't be here this weekend, I however, won't. I will be here and Perry will be here, perhaps a few other faces of the 49ers Hive team. Um so make sure you guys join right after the game ends on Sunday. We'll break it all down. Yep. Hopefully, Niners will be
1: 2-0. I just noticed the uh that you put San Francisco versus Philadelphia up on the little board behind you
0: yeah i, I didn't notice
1: is... until you pointed out trey lance
0: yeah my that's cool been man walking it the whole damn time
1: that's cool i mean hey you got a 33 gallon head man it's okay it's
0: big it really is big big head
1: hey yeah. i've seen it in person it's a, it's a ginormous head what's your hat size like eight and three quarters
0: i don't wear hats so i don't have to answer that question okay However, perfect i won't say <laughs> i am a large man my head is proportional to my body
1: there so you go that. that's all we can ask for yes that being said guys i think we're gonna wrap it up here right yep absolutely all right guys go ahead and hit the like button hit the subscribe button follow us on all our social media accounts let's hope for a 49ers win get in get out take care of business and on to green bay in week three in prime time with those sweet sweet 94 red throwback uniforms so on behalf of zach and myself thank you as always for joining us and for sunday go niners